and welcome to a free Bean Sale Presents. Here we go again. This is another Extra Helpings Week. This is the only podcast to uh, be told entirely through title cards. Uh, so I <laughs> hope, you're, hope you're able to see those. Uh, this week, we finally got to the bottom of the goat story. Thank uh, God. We, by watching Buster Keaton's The Goat uh, from 1921. <laughs> this is going to be almost certainly a rare instance of the podcast being longer than the film. Uh, it's only 20 minutes long. It's on YouTube. It's pretty good, I thought. You should go watch it. Uh, Jack, what did you think of it? Look, as I uh, put in my letterbox review, this might be a controversial opinion, but I think this Buster Keaton guy might might have known what he was doing when he was uh, maybe making movies. It might have been his yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty all right at it. Gotta, gotta hand it to him. As a, he was completely satisfactory. <laughs> Could have been worse. Yeah. In every conceivable way. Yeah, for sure. Um, in all seriousness, I uh, this was the perfect like bedtime snack of a movie. It was like mm. I watched it literally just before going to sleep, and I just like had such a a, a wonderful, wonderful little time. Yeah, it's just twenty minutes of funny little, funny little man getting into funny little situations, and uh, and yeah, it's 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 good. Uh, did you take any notes? I took a few notes, but um, I I, I should I, th- I feel like we should address the elephant in the room, which is um, this is our first time recording remotely in quite some time. Uh, oh yeah, it's the first time since uh since the very beginning of this year, or last year, I guess, but this season. Uh, yeah, it's kind of it's in it's yeah. kind of weird that like uh, the first time that we're do- we're recording remotely in so long is kind of coinciding with um, the whole reason that we started. Well, I mean, you always lived far away, but you know uh, when we started doing complete remote stuff, it was because of COVID. Like when it was yeah, you know, when it was the three of us way back when. Um, it's like it, it's strange that this has coincided with COVID restrictions kind of lightening up a bit. Yeah, COVID is of course over forever now. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, no more Novid. Um, but I did take notes. But um, basically, the way that we're recording, I have, uh, my phone to my ear, and I've got <laughs> my portable recording guy in my hand, and so in order to look at my notes, I am gonna have to look at my phone. Uh, so there'll be a few interesting maneuvers, but I took a good few notes, and it, it's mainly just things that I liked. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. I I took I took quite a few notes. I figured you know it's only twenty minutes. I could I could pack a few notes into there. And uh, like I said before, it's only twenty minutes. It's in the public domain. It's on YouTube. You can watch it legally for free. Uh, go watch it. I would say it's because it, we're gonna spoil the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to spoil, but um, you know. But it's t- there's some funny gags and some good shots. And yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would I would recommend watching it. Some fucking beautiful shots at that. I would uh, say some really stunning like it, like very cool stuff. Yeah. Uh so I'm going to start out just just go hog wild here. I would like some free bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I the same occurred to me. I was like, god, imagine being homeless in the 20s and just getting free bread. Or like Buster, imagine being homeless in the twenties and not getting free bread. Oh, what a poor man! Harrowing, <laughs> truly harrowing. He just wanted some free bread. <laughs> they didn't have any. I mean, the thing is, they did, and then they had loads. They had loads, and then he got sent to the back of the line, and was swindled by some uh, mannequin goons. <laughs> The mannequins, the first of many villains in this this short, uh, but also speaking of this 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 line that he gets stuck in, uh, my my next note is that uh, uh fucking letterboxing in twenty twenty yeah uh, in nineteen twenty one a hundred years ago like yeah over a hundred years ago. Uh, fucking impressive for the time. I mean, it. I'm sure it had been done before in some form or another. Uh, I know that uh, this is a bit later, but 1927. Uh, there was a, a Napoleon film where it had a few sequences that were shot with free cameras and had to be projected 
on like three screens by three different projectors. Oh my god! Uh, so that that accomplished a similar effect, but uh, I, so I'm sure it had been done before. But still, it's just it's impressive to see something like that that far back. Yeah, and it's uh, really like a, a very striking kind of shot as well. Seeing like the the, the whole street kind of laid out like that. You know, obviously yeah. it's on a in a. I mean, it's not literally two dimensional, but it is just kind of like a, a kind of uh, landscape of this, like this sidewalk, and it's just very, very striking and very, just yeah, very nice and very cool. And yeah, that that one of many shots in this that made me kind of pause and go, "Whoa, that's that's really neat." Uh, my next note is uh, a gag, a a a not so much a gag, but a set piece that would be repeated in Sherlock Junior, my favorite Buster Keaton film, which is a uh, man just walking down the street and he finds a fucking wallet and he picks it up and walks off, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, then Buster goes, you know, this is after he uh, the the man. Uh, you know, throws a, a horseshoe over his shoulder, so Buster goes looking for the horseshoe, throws it over his shoulder, and it hits a cop right yeah. in the face. <laughs> Buster really said all cops are incompetent and should be hit with horseshoes. I mean, this whole movie is is pretty anti-cop. Like, it's, it is, like, pretty much 20 minutes of Buster Keaton beating the shit out of policemen. Beating the shit out of policemen who he's only beating the shit out of because of how incompetent they are. Yeah. Because... The the whole the whole setup of this short is the uh, ruthless criminal Deadshot Dan is uh, having his his picture taken for a rogues gallery and uh, he manages to get Buster's picture taken instead of him uh, <laughs> by by being a, a, a swindling cad yeah. and uh, then uh, he, Deadshot Dan escapes and then the the picture goes out everywhere on a big old reward poster. And it's Buster's face, and so all the cops are like, "Ah, that must be Deadshot Dan." And I, I guess they, they, that that's just that's just shows how incompetent they are. It's just a case of mistaken identity. Yeah. Buster, for the longest time, has no idea what's happening. They don't uh, even like it's just, astounding. Yeah. They don't even have a picture on file of the actual Deadshot Dan. They're like, "Oh no, we only have this one, this one like documented photo." We don't of have the any. We guy. don't have any witnesses uh, who could tell you that that's not him. Yeah. Nope. It's uh. Uh, but it's just it's just cops being competent, which you know, good to know that Buster Keaton was fucking anti-cop back in nineteen twenty-one. Um, as as well, like it's um, you d- you left out one particular set of adjectives when describing uh Deadshot Dan, who is of course a ruthless murderer, uh, like he is, ah, yes. he is a killer, but also uh, kindly faced. I believe it's the word, the exact uh, yeah. words used. Yeah, he's very intelligent. He's a ruthless killer, and he's kindly faced. Yeah, which is uh, again, which... it could uh, you could argue that adds another layer of um, incompetence to the the work of the police in this because you know, but Buster Keaton very as a very had a very soft face, was a smooth faced kind of guy, but he also yeah. was kind of like known for his signature like grumpy face. Mm. Like a very a big part of his kind of character was just being this kind of like. This is always slightly kind of befuddled, annoyed kind of luck while getting into silly kind of scraps. To be fair, just about every film I've seen Buster Keaton in, if I were in half the situations he was in, you, I, you best believe I'd be a bit grumpy. <laughs> I'd be, a, I'd be a, t- a trifle miffed. Yeah. Like I watched, uh, I watched yesterday uh, as well as this. I watched two other Buster Keaton films: The Cameraman and uh, Our Hospitality. And our hospitality, the letterbox, uh, the letterbox description. Uh, I'm just gonna just gonna read it to you verbatim, okay? Uh, because it's just fucking, it's something. A man returns to his Appalachian homestead. On the trip, he falls for a young woman. The only problem is her family has vowed to kill every member of his family. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I could see that being a bit of an issue. Yeah, that's a, that's a just, one small problem. The only issue. <laughs> what a setup! I must watch that. Yeah. It's it's pretty funny. It's 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 uh, just you know these two families have had an age-old feud and they're just killing each other. 
I don't even think they remember why, just we've been doing it for generations. <laughs> uh, and then just kindly old Buster comes along. Uh, the first 20 minutes also take place on a train, which uh, oh, Buster excellent. Keaton on a train is kind of proven, like, you know, that's that's a that's c- gold comedic setup yeah, right there. Yeah, literally, like, the things that man could do with a train. Speaking of the things that man could do with a train, my next note here is, fuck that shot with him on the front of the train, man. eat your heart out, Lumiere, brother. <laughs> it really did feel like a, like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, like, a bit of a... Yeah, it's definitely like an exaggeration of like that whole thing of the the Lumiere brothers showing the the fucking clip of the train and people running out of the theater thinking it was going to come yeah. through. But it obviously it's an urban legend. But... Yeah, of course. It's you know, it's very much like what like a industry myth, we'll say, you know, it's just like it's a it's a cl- It's a good story, a... which is obviously why it gets retold. Yeah. But I think the thing with um the shot in this of Buster on the front of the train, I genuinely found myself going, wait, what's going to happen? <laughs> I was like, is it, it going to hit the camera? I just, I just don't know. Yeah, I most of the time watching Buster Keaton films, you're, more more than anything, I'm worried about Buster, because, like, that man's going to get fucking hurt. But, I mean, this is the, this might be the one shot in all of his films where I've been more worried about someone else. Yeah, I re- like like I say, I was just like, I I hope there isn't someone like actively behind the camera here because that just feels like a set. Well, there would have to. Be. Yeah, there there would have to be is the thing. But I was just like, I do hope they have a way of stopping that train like effectively. <laughs> Uh, evidently they did. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous shot. Just and like the, it's set up so perfectly because but once it pulls up all the way, it's all you see is Buster's face. Like it's you know it's just it's fantastic. I mean it's it's a shot I'm pretty sure I've seen before uh, outside of this short, just in like you know documentaries and stuff. Like it's I, I'm almost certain I've seen it before, and for good reason. It's a fucking good shot. It is a good shot. You'll have to excuse me if you hear any noise in the background. Uh, my family dog has just walked into the room and uh, she's pawing at my bag, which is on the floor. I think I, I bought some mochi earlier, and I think she smells the mochi and she's Pippi. Please, st- please, please stop, ladies and gentlemen. Special guest in the studio, uh, Pippi, my idiot dog. <laughs> please, mochi is not for puppies. Uh, my next note is, uh, this is after Buster, uh, first comes across his, uh, reward poster, uh, with a big old picture of him, uh, advertising, I think it's a $5,000 reward yeah, for him, dead, dead or, or alive. alive, yeah, uh, and my note is just that reward is about $78,000 today. That's a pretty good reward for just, like, um... What would you call that? I mean, either citizens are arrest or uh, government mandated uh, homicide. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on your choice, you know, like whatever, you, whatever you feel is suitable. And uh, it should be it should be noted that there are attempts on Buster's life throughout this movie. <laughs> Several attempts on Buster's. I mean, it's mostly. Uh, the cops just tr- just running after him, and a few cases of criminals trying to kill cops and framing Buster for it. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, th- we do, Deadshot Dan does make a reappearance and just kind of tucks himself behind Buster and takes several shots at, I think it might even be the chief of police. Is, mm. uh, is that right? I think it is. And I, I think so. And, um, you know, just through a, 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 a quick... A quick fumble and accident. Uh, Buster ends up with the gun, and has seen with it, and he's just kind of like <laughs> he's you know tr- tries to explain himself, then accidentally uh, fucking fires at the ground. It's like it's just gold. Like even just like the like choreographing like the the gun kind of falling into Buster's hand is done so well. Like there's so many. Um, I know, I was uh, having a shower before we recorded, and I was just thinking about how, like, how much, like, real, like, delicate and very specific handwork there is in that, in that short. Mm. Like, later on, there's a bit where um, Buster is, um, you know, 
courting a lady and they're stood by a car and uh, the driver of the car kind of pops his head out the window and obviously starts going, oh, you're the murderer. You're, or no, or like, I think, no, well, sorry, no, I've got that wrong. Buster like walks through his car to like kind of court the lady and this guy <laughs> leans out the window and starts having a go at Buster and without even looking at the guy, Buster takes out like a copy of the poster that says he's a murderer and just like while still talking to the woman just kind of f- like flashes it at the driver and it's done so like so swiftly that like you'd almost miss it like yeah. it's just so like so much stuff like that that i just i i just don't have the the dexterity to, <laughs> to yeah. like buster make a good pickpocket he would uh, there's, a, there's a great shot in one week uh, it's one of my favorite shots in the in that short where uh there's it's it's him his wife uh there her her rival uh it, it, like his rival for her affection and a cop and he they, he just what happens is Buster takes the cop's truncheon uh hits the cop on the head and then very swiftly uh moves the truncheon into his rival's hand yeah. and it it happens over the course of maybe a second and it's just so smoothly done yeah i just like have so much admiration for for stuff like that it's just again yeah, i'd like you know i feel like Definitely, as a a young a young cub, uh, I did try my hand at the lamest of crafts, which is um well, it's lame if you never get any good at it, and that's sleight of hand magic, and I just you know I just do not have, I got these stubby little fingers, I you know I I play music and stuff, and I have to I have to play smaller instruments because I can't play full size ones like I I do a I just don't have the the hands for elegant kind of maneuvers like that what a nerd <laughs> yeah i i am pretty lame actually uh my next note uh here is uh another gag that would return in sherlock jr it's actually a really big plot point in sherlock jr which is uh mustaches make for awful disguises yeah yeah the mustache is a uh... A, a real mainstay of uh, slapstick comedy, I feel like mustache yeah. disguises. Uh, but again, even I, I almost feel like nowadays, if someone were to use like the set piece of someone using a mustache disguise, it's almost done too earnestly. Whereas I feel Buster mm. kind of got you know very much got the idea of this is terrible. This would never work in real life. Like. <laughs> Like this is stupid. Don't do this in real life. Don't 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 do this. Don't use mustaches as disguises in your movies. Even look, it's not worked. It never works. Yeah, the mustaches of dis- disguise here just mwah, beautiful. Yeah, and there's that beautiful lovely little uh, gag of it. It kind of uh, I guess go- going flaccid or falling down and turning into a <laughs> handlebar. <laughs> <It's>... Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. Uh, my next note is that uh, for just uh, a brief moment, Buster accidentally stumbles into Eli Roth's hostel. Uh, but wait, 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 wait what? <laughs> uh, it's it's when uh, he, he's being chased by the cop, and he he hides in a hospital. He goes onto a little girl, and he gets covered up by a sheet. Oh yeah, and he gets wheeled, gets wheeled into an operating room, and they put like a fucking like hacksaw and a hammer and chisel and just the most fucking gruesome shit like prepared for presumably some sort of horrific surgery yeah i'm guessing um you know the thing is i don't know how like um if this is still the case but i do know up until fairly recently like the bet the best way to get in behind um a rib cage it is a hammer and a hacksaw those bones are tough, baby. Well, uh, guess, guess, guess our boy Buster is having some rib surgery. Maybe I don't know. Maybe his, his, his maybe his lungs need fixing from uh, all that water he swallowed in. Uh, what was that? The general or no? Was it one week? The water thing that broke oh, his. Like... You know, you know the story. Oh, that Sherlock Junior is the one where he broke his. Yeah. Neck. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to be fair, this was before Sherlock Jr. We need to get. We need to give him that. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, can we talk about the the wheels on the hospital gurney as well? Like I took note. Just saying, just pretty much just saying, I love the wheels on, on that old school hospital gurney. It's like, like, it's like the penny farthing of the medical world. Yeah. Don't like the old time hospital gurneys, eh? <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't think I have any more notes until, uh, until the coals. Until the coals. My, my, it, it's when the cop getting go jumps onto the yeah just running after Buster and he goes on under that that cart with all the coals oh yes Buster just dumps the whole fucking load on him <laughs> and then go goes back to check on him seemingly to check if he's alive and I was like ah oh, Buster's going to do the right thing and not let a human being no. die but no he just throws a few yeah. more on for good measure <laughs> Like a fucking lunatic, and uh, I agree, Buster. Fuck yeah, cops. I think the interesting thing about this short as well is, obviously, it's a case of, not only is it a case of mistaken identity in that the police uh, have fraudulently identified Buster as a murderer, but in the in the process of doing so, they do turn him into a murderer. Like... Well, no, I don't think Buster ever. I mean, arguably at the end, but that's that's unknown. Yeah, we'll say. But even then, that would be his his only his only definitely uh, assault. But you know, I would argue uh, completely justified. Yeah. Uh, I watched I watched In the Name of the Father uh, recently for the first time, and uh, boy, this it, the British police really did. Uh, <laughs> Really, to base their whole uh, anti-terrorism scheme uh, on 1920s Buster Keaton cops. <laughs> uh, yep. Like that's uh, presumably where the the goat of the title comes from. Is presumably that Buster Keaton here is the scapegoat, which I'm not sure if we've talked about the concept of a scapegoat on the podcast. No, before, I don't think that's but, ever uh, come up. I don't think we've ever not once spoken about uh, scapegoats. It's too much to get into now. <laughs> uh, um, I do think but, uh, um, you know, here's um, in Buster's version of events, though. It is implied that he believes that, um, you know, there's that scene where the lady's walking her dog and that guy just mm. fucking like walks straight into the dog's lead and like swings the dog around. Basically, it's uh, not nice. And um, no. Buster beats him up. And then we do when Buster f first sees the uh, his face on the poster calling him a murderer, he reckons that the person he's killed is that guy. He has, like, a, a quick flashback yeah. to it. So in his version of events, he really is a killer. <laughs> the poor man, he must feel so awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you say then, he uh, he goes and he courts the girl, and he goes back to her her apartment for, for supper, and uh, it's only then that we find out her dad is the chief of police that's been chasing him all day. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Dinner's a bit awkward, whoa, whoa. and uh, my my uh, I I have one more note that directly references uh, any particular scene, and that note is I I had to cut myself off as I was writing this note. You'll understand why. Okay. Uh, my note is I don't think that's how lifts. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I do you know what I took a note of that very scene. Which was, uh, Willy Wonka wants his fucking lift back. It's, uh, it's a fucking, <laughs> quite something. Yeah, like, you know, it, it, it escalates so quickly in that, um, you know, he sticks that nail, uh, in the, I guess the, I don't know what you'd call it, but the, the display mechanism that shows what floor the lift is on. No, no, that's what controls where the lift is. <laughs> oh, but yeah, in, you know, in, I guess in Buster Keaton's um, version of physics, we'll say, I don't, I don't know, or mechanics, or or, or both, uh, sticks a nail in the, what what you could call a display, but is in fact, a, a, turns out to be a control, 
and it stops the lift from coming down to the first floor, but, at, like, so, and, you know, again, I had the same moment of, ha, that's so sick, oh, oh, no, because he basically <laughs> fucking turns it like a, you know, it's, it's on a, a 180 kind of degree, um, display, we'll say, you know, it's a semicircle, but he, <laughs> he flips it round, baby, he brings it 360. Yep. And uh, and the, the the lift with the chief of police in it goes quite literally through the fucking yeah. roof. Can we can we just as well a moment of silence for the poor lift attendant who is present in the in the lift at that time? <laughs> I was just trying to poor do his man, job. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's possible Buster is now a mass murderer, <laughs> but you know it was all self defense. Uh, my last note is just that there's seemingly no resolution to the mistaken identity thing. I know, it's just like, is, is he just a rogue now? Is he just on the run? It just, it just, the fil- after that, the film just kind of stopped. Yeah. I, 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 like, the last, I checked the runtime, it's like, there's one minute left, how are they going to resolve yeah. this? And it's just the end. How are they, they going to catch the real Deadshot Dan? And they don't. No, just a... I guess Buster just has to be mistaken for Deadshot Dan forever yeah. now. Again, but you know, I guess true to real life, like the just like justice isn't done. You know, the legal system fails him, yeah, the, and his only recourse is to rebel. Like <laughs> all the legal system succeeds in doing is creating criminals. Amen. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of you, I, I had a feeling that this would be the case, because I feel like you and I kind of get the same sort of stuff out of Buster's movies. I've, you know, I've, 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 I say that as though I've been watching them for years and years, but like, truth be told, I only watched my first Buster yeah, Keaton. not a month. Yeah, not even a month. But, um, you know, I feel like we kind of appreciate the same things in them like you know there's obviously the craft of it and like the the actual filmmaking skill and also funny little man <laughs> exactly. Uh, running about exactly funny little man getting into little uh, little scrapes that are just very like you know very... <laughs> the art is fault <laughs> that art is fault but it's like you know they're all like very uh, uh in terms of like construction they're very they're very simple but they're normally very clever as well like you know there there doesn't have to be a lot going on for it to be literally like like laugh out loud hilarious yeah no just like it could be something as simple as uh, like in the cameraman there's a shot it's a fantastic shot where it's uh it's like a, a profile shot of him climbing up several flights of stairs in a building but uh like the camera is like following him up the entire mm. way and so it's obviously just a building where one of the walls has been removed and it's it's fantastic uh just on a craft level and then what happens is you know it's just kind of monotonous him going back and forth up the stairs and then he uh get eventually gets to the roof and doesn't seem to notice that the stairs have stopped and so he starts walking up the little roof thing of the uh, the stairwell and uh, does a does a little trip because you're th- th- those aren't stairs. No. And it's like that's 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 very simple, but goddamn, it's it's mm. funny. And then and then you think, oh man, that he's done all he can do with those stairs. Uh, and then someone yells at him like, hey, get out of my building. And he's running down the stairs, and uh, he accidentally runs into the basement and falls onto a big pile of coal. <laughs> And you think, well, fuck, he's done everything he can do with those stairs, but then he runs back upstairs, and oh, he bumps into someone <laughs> while trying to... Oh, what, a, what a silly little man. None of this is his yeah, fault. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think, like, with so many of the the gags in his movies, like, it's kind of... I know in... Uh, and this is a real term, clowning, which is the act yeah. of being a clown, which I actually... Um, a friend of a friend studied clowning, in uh, theater college, as like the, for their thesis, they like studied extensively the art of clowning, and like one of the kind of core principles is like you know, a clown will have an item or a, a set piece, and it's like, kind of like an, an exercise in like creating, you know, uh, silent jokes, physical comedy, you know, slapstick, what whatever you want to call it, 
and the exercise is um, do like use this item the way that's supposed to be used but do it in the most awkward way possible take as long as possible to get to the kind of desired objective I think like a classic one that they use in literal clown college is like a folding chair as just like you know the objective is sit down in this chair but you know manipulate the item in as many ways as possible before doing so like you know reach your resolution in as backward a way as you possibly can and that like if you kind of mm. boil down like a lot of the scenes in his movies at least in the movies that i've seen that's exactly what he does like you know with, like you said with the stairs it's like oh he's done everything he can with the stairs now nope still going nope he squeezed something else out of it nope there it is again and like every every single scene in his movies is just like seems to be based around that and it's just so elegant. How long can he possibly play a game of pool? <laughs> exactly the po- the fucking pool game in Sherlock Junior is it that like the perfect example. Um, and for anyone listening who hasn't seen that movie, uh, there's a scene where. If it, it, I'm just gonna say, if there's anyone listening that hasn't seen that movie, it's only forty minutes long. Go fucking like, see wa- it. Like just watch watch tons of Buster Keaton. Just like the, but Sherlock Jr. is as good a place to start yeah, as any. Bloody excellent. But there is a scene where, uh, you know, Buster as, um, I guess like a detective, Sherlock Jr., uh, shows up to this house and is like being asked to solve a, a crime. And the perpetrator of said crime is amongst the people in that house. And so doesn't want him getting anywhere near. So there's a pool table in the I guess the guest room of the house or the the bar area of the house and he replaces one of the balls um with a bomb and you know so he kind of he has an accomplice with him as well they replace the ball with the bomb they're like oh Mr. Sherlock play a game of pool while while you wait to be like spoken to or whatever and they leave the room and wait for the explosion to go off and it's just uh, like if I how long is that scene it go it goes on for quite uh, some uh, time. Yeah, a good few minutes, a decent portion of the film's forty minute run. Yeah, time. and it's just the the scene is literally just Buster Keaton playing pool by himself, but having several near misses with the bomb on the table, just sinking every shot <laughs> and just every time completely missing the bomb. It's yeah, in just the most improbable but technically possible ways. And again, just uh. Just on that note, like the, the another kind of level of just like sheer impressiveness with all of his movies is a, a lot of this was done for real, like for real, for oh, real. Yeah. Like for the pool scene, like yeah, they had to set it up again and reshoot like each shot multiple times, but like every shot that you see, like that's him really doing it. They it, it ain't being manipulated. It's just him doing each shot over and over again until he gets it right and then of course the scene ends with him sinking the bomb and nothing (laughs) happening and again that's just like such a a a basic kind of like a rule of comedy which is you know set up an expectation and then completely invert it like you know flip like flip what the audience is expecting you expect the bomb to go off and it doesn't and it's hilarious yep it's 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 utterly fantastic, uh, uh, and then uh, then fucking the, his comedy can also be something as complex as literal actual magic, like when he jumps <laughs> through that person. And yep, yep, he jumped through a person with no is there's uh, yeah. no hidden cuts I believe in that in that scene. Nope, none. It's all done in one take. He's done it live on stage before. That's messed uh, up. It's. It's just, he just jumps through that person, and like I say, I have had it explained to me how it's done multiple times, but when I watch that, I just go, nah, that's just yeah, magic. No, he actually did just the manipulate uh, the nature of physics at his whim, like, yeah, just wanted to, so he did it. Go watch Sherlock Jr. Is it, We've been talking about Buster Keaton for about 15 minutes longer than the film that we're discussing. Uh, <laughs> That's so fair. I think he's, you know, um, just uh, so 
so watchable and so talk aboutable in so many ways. Yeah. I very much need to watch more of his shorts because I think I've only seen like two or three. And with his features, I feel like they can often get slightly bogged down by the plot, uh, which might be somewhat controversial for me to say. <laughs> but I feel like sometimes the the plot might might uh, you know get, distract from just the the constant comedy. Whereas all of the shorts that I've seen, and I'm counting Sherlock Jr. in that controversially. Okay. Uh, it's all that's often counted as one of his features. But like I say, it's only like forty minutes mm. long. Uh, th like, all his shorts that I've seen just are so economical yeah. with their plotting and their comedy. The plots are generally very simple, and he rings every ounce of comedy he can get out of them in the best mm -hmm. way. And then when he's out of ideas, he just stops, and that's just wonderful. Yeah, it's just like nothing, f uh, you know, again, I've only seen a handful of his shorts, but everything feels like everything's done just enough and never like too much and never too little either it's just like everything is just so how much comedy can you get out of we're gonna build a house <laughs> uh about 20 minutes worth and then bada bing bada boom perfect. they have a house bada bing yeah um uh yeah uh they have a house yeah uh. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna just check my notes to make sure there's nothing that i'm I've missed, but because I feel like, as I was saying, um, a lot of the kind of things that you mentioned are very much things that I wanted to bring up. And like I say, I think we have a similar kind of type of appreciation mm. for his movies and this one. Let's see. Uh, I'll just I'll just gonna power through them, and unfortunately, it will mean holding my phone away from my face, so I won't hear your reaction unless I have you on loudspeaker, which will be horrible for listeners. So I'm not gonna do that. Just read. Um, letterboxed wide shot is beautiful. Uh, that skid ass. Uh, that's when he uh, goes looking for the horseshoe. When he skids on his ass into the shot. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. That horseshoe is lucky. It kills cops. Uh, <laughs> this movie features the post office. Uh, that's when he distracts a cop by asking him where the post, the nearest post office is. Uh, big fans of the post office on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, very good. Uh, let's see. Uh, his back shouldn't bend like that. And I think that is from, uh, if I remember, he holds onto the back of a car or the, the, the coal thing, maybe. And gets dragged away. And as it stops, like, he kind of skids along. His back bends up like right up behind him in a very troubling way i'm gonna say <laughs> i'm like oh that looked like it really hurt um let's see what's next um that cop looks like michael collins that's just i was like the, 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 there was just a cop with a big irish head in him he looked a bit like michael collins i was like you know well, i mean you know cops in america in the early 20th century a lot of them would have probably been irish yeah immigrants. watch out itchy he's irish uh, let's see what do I have next um, <laughs> uh, they're off to the pork factory that's when he he traps all those cops in that van you could tell I was tired when I wrote that because I said pork factory instead of <laughs> uh, no, sausage factory just like I just I didn't pick a product I just said pork factory <laughs> That's the factory where they yeah, make pork. Actually, I did work with... Sure, that's a farm. <laughs> I, um, I worked with a girl once who... Um, I can't remember what we were talking about, but like, uh, for, I think we were talking about like the first jobs that we'd ever had or whatever, or some shit like that anyways, and she was talking about this job and like how there was some... Um, I, I can't even remember. Whatever she was talking about didn't involve what it was that she was actually working at. And... Uh, I, you know, I'm a, uh, not, not a, not vegan anymore, but at the time I was like very, very much vegan and like, you know, eating plant-based, whatever. And I just kind of went, oh, like, where, where were you working? And she kind of like, uh, I guess tightened up a little bit and kind of looked real awkward. I was like, is everything okay? And she's like, um, it was a pig factory. <laughs> and like, ah, <laughs> uh, the police academy. <laughs> 
you know, I I didn't I, I I didn't know her all too well, so I didn't go. Do you mean like a like a meat processing plant? But I I just I let her away with pig factory. I was like I I got the I got the message loud and clear. Uh, <laughs> anyways, let's see what I've got next. Um, after the pork factory, uh, good for you, Buster. Kill that dog abuser. Uh, that head-on shot of the train. Uh, oh, yeah. One of my favorite lines, uh, or one of my favorite like title cards in the movie is uh, there's the two like laborers, and they're like working behind the big massive sign of Buster, and I, I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but one of the title cards is just "Don't tell me how to mix mortar." <laughs> uh, I just. just it's almost as good as the actual best title card of all time, which is from Charlie Chaplin's The Gold Rush, and is I thought you was a chicken. <laughs> that is good. Let's see, what else have I got? And then he continues to think that Charlie's a chicken, and he keeps trying to eat him. <laughs> um, big wheel hospital bed. Um, oh yeah, remember the horse? Um, I've and the, the title card before that said, uh, there's a yeah, this guy is unveiling a big clay model, yeah, and his yeah. line is, um, that he, he's revealing like a clay model of his masterpiece. The implication being that his masterpiece is this horse, the, the horse that he modeled the statue on. I guess I, guess. I was just like, it must be a pretty good horse, I guess. But um, also the my my real note on the horse model is that uh, the when it collapses under Buster's weight, uh, the very last leg to fall off the podium is super gross. It's just like it just yeah. doesn't look right. I don't know. It it, it it just looks bad and gross and bad. I should we should also point out. I think Mano War is probably a one of the one of the best epithets for uh, for Buster. <laughs> uh, He's constantly fighting a war he didn't start. <laughs> That's so true. He is. A, he was a total man of war. Uh, let's see. I'm almost at the end here. I think. Uh, yeah, that final horse leg is gross. Um, it's not about what you do for identity theft. It's about what identity theft does for you. I don't know what that was in relation to particular, but that's ba- you know he basically plays. Um, Mistaken identity, I suppose, would have been a better uh, term to use, but he uses it to his advantage towards the end. You know, but basically, it goes, yeah, fuck it, I am a murderer. Be scared of me. Uh, let's see. That's a good puppy. That's the puppy that he feeds at the dinner table. Um, yeah. Is that soup rubbery? It's like... the. Maybe it's, Maybe it's mortar. mortar. Maybe the soup is just is black mortar. Um, let's see. <laughs> the obviously, I just have a note. There's all caps. It says the lift sequence. And as I was writing that, uh, the bit happened where Buster runs into uh, another apartment to hide, and there's a guy who has Buster's poster on like his side table, and he's just casually polishing his gun. Like in his in his chair, <laughs> made me laugh so hard. Just like, just there was a little hanky, just like looking at this poster of Buster polishing his weapon. Oh God, America, America, land of the free, greatest country on the planet, supposedly. Um, I don't believe it, but anyways, according to the people, what? Yeah, it's such a weird stance to take, cause like. I, I just imagine being from somewhere. Ima- imagine thinking that Ireland was the greatest country on the planet. Imagine, <laughs> like, like, no, I don't suppose no, I will. No, it's just very strange. I just can't imagine feeling like that about your home country. <laughs> uh, anyways, very, very much near the end here now. Um, oh yeah, in fact, yeah, no, I'm pretty much at the end. My, my last note is just Willy Wonka wants his lift back. Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, we've talked about this film for longer than it would take to watch it twice. <laughs> so watch uh, it. 
Yeah, twice. Uh, should we move on to the uh, the mailbag? Let's mail do it, bag? baby. Okay, so our first question comes from Frickin' Alien Alfie, who asks, Do you like the Horrid Henry movie? <laughs> I um, have a funny-ish story about that movie. Uh, Good, because okay, it. it um first of all, I'm gonna say it is one of the most insipid, like terrible children's movies I've ever had the uh, the misfortune to watch. Um, it sucks. Um, but I, a friend and I have shared a similar experience with this movie. Uh, in that, my basically my uh youngest sister Lily. Uh, was a very big fan of it, like obsessive mm. about it to the point that she would watch it twice a day, every day for an extended period of time. I can't remember how long, uh, and just you know, it's just like constantly on in the house. You'd hear it in the other room, and just be like, "Uh, I know exactly what part she's at. I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly what disgusting po- color palette is on screen at the moment. It's such, it's such a, a, a just like a really gross looking movie. It's just like they, they, like they didn't try to make it like look nice at all. But um, a friend of mine uh, was aware of this and like had experienced that in my family home. Um, you know, it was like, oh yeah, it's pretty, like you know, it's pretty bad, huh? Yeah, whatever, whatever. Uh, he started going out with a girl uh, a little while after that. And uh, that girl had a younger brother who was very fond of him. Just, you know, was very much like, oh, cool. This is like an, an older an older guy who I can kind of like relate to on certain stuff. Uh, this younger brother's favorite movie was the Hard Henry movie. <laughs> and so every time my friend was in his girlfriend's house... That movie was the soundtrack of of the home, and again, just a similar thing. Brother would watch it like two times a day, and it's just, like I just insipid is the only word I could describe. I, like I just remembered the the moment that he told me that, and I was like, oh, so you've been through it too now. Like this is like, whew. so you don't like the horror. I'm afraid not. <laughs> okay, I've never seen it, so I can't comment. Uh, our next question comes from freaking Alien Alfie, and oh dear, they've once again forgotten to put a question mark oh, at the end of this, so we can't answer Alfie. it. The question, I mean, the sentence, not a question, sorry, we won't answer it because mm. it's not a question, but the sentence is, are the ice cream ghosts valid? A- again, this is so annoying, because last week, Alfie sent in a sentence that would have been a great, would have been a great question to answer, but it wasn't a question. And once more, I'd love, like, if there was a question mark at the end of the sentence, oh, boy, would I would I dig into Ice Cream Ghost ethics. But I just can't. But, <laughs> unfortunately, no, no, sorry, this is a mailbag. We, we've read out your mail. We would answer it if it was a question, but now we, do, we don't need to respond to that. So, uh, our first patron, <laughs> this is H. This is H. Our second patron is Andy Kinsler. If you want your name read out in this section of the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash reading style pod. I'm pretty sure it's the word free and donate one euro or more per month. And if you donate more, there are plenty of other exciting rewards. Donate five euros or more per month. You get access to our exclusive Discord channel. Come come have a chat with us. And there's other rewards for more money that I still can't be bothered to memorize. I'm pretty sure most of them are jokes that I put obscene amounts of money for. So, uh, we're probably not gonna get any of those. But sure, look, like, if you like us, shit, throw us, throw us, like, a euro, yeah. maybe. And then you can, you can throw us a euro and then delete your, your pledge, and we get, like, an extra euro that month. And, like, please, this is currently his only, uh, his only yeah. income. This is, this is your job. Um, it's, it's just occurred uh, to me. All of our Patreon uh, pledge levels are, you know, a, a year ago they would have been bean-themed. This year they're Mamma Mia themed. Seeing as next year is just kind of nightmare year, what what are they what 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 are they going to be called? Oh God, uh, 
I'll, I'll have to have a think, but maybe I'll name them all after uh, nightmare-based films. So, like, the the, uh, the highest uh, one at the moment, uh, which I, I put, obviously, as a joke, and it's just the highest amount of money that you can put for a pledge. You might call that, like, irreversible death or something like that. Uh, the one before that, I spit on your wallet. Uh, That's a great idea. Because I, I was, th- I was, um, uh, I, I, I way prefer your idea to what mine was going to be, which was just like name it after, I don't know, si- like silly fucking things that we've called each other over the years. Just like, you know, the, I know, like, like one, like a $1 pledge is like the bald goon. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, something like, and just work from there. But no, I way prefer a irreversible death. And I spit on your wallet. That's great. I'll have to think of a few more. Uh, the uh, Sallow or the 120 days of... <laughs> the the $120 of this pledge. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, the $120 of Sodom, I like that. Uh... <laughs> uh. I love it when a plan yeah, comes together. This is good. This is. I'm. I'm glad that we brought this up. Um, I. I know we're. Uh, but we'll we'll do that next year. <laughs> uh, anyway, we should probably say our our anchors uh, uh, away. Uh, away, away, away. Fuck uh, a cab. <laughs>